Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to my favourite takeaway, uh, the podcast for people who love food but can't always be bothered to cook it, which is definitely the case for myself, Tom Crane, and my co-host Simran Shah. Uh, how are you, Sim? Are you well? I'm good. I'm good, Crane. It was um, it was my birthday on the weekend, wasn't it, Crane? It was. I was wondering, I wondering yeah, how long it, it would take you to crowbar that in and you managed seven seconds. It didn't take me very long. <laughs> I was waiting. I was already ready to go. I was like, why hasn't he mentioned it yet? Why hasn't he started it's a happy so birthday rude. song? It's so rude. And then of you. move on to what the show is. Would, would, you, would you like me to sing Happy Birthday? Also, happy uh, Birthday to you. There you go. That's enough of that. Um, I'm, I'm very glad you came to my birthday, though, Tom. That was fun. It was nice to see you in the flesh. It was a lot of fun. How, how was your head the next day? How, how have you been feeling? Uh, we're recording this on a Tuesday morning. This is Saturday night. How, how was Sunday? Oh, uh, it was. I was struggling. I still am recovering. I still am recovering. Right. But you left early. You left a little early. Did you leave early? I did leave early. Now, I left early because um, my kids aren't sleeping at the moment and I knew I'd be up during the night. However, Simran, um, on the way home, I did do something takeaway based I want to talk to you about. I popped this on our Instagram, actually. Do you think this is sort of cool and edgy nope. and fun and exciting? <laughs> well, or is it... Oh, okay. <laughs> by, by the way that you framed it, I'm going to say no, but go on. <laughs> Let's hear it anyway. Tell you. Well, you'll know what it is. Um, I got myself a Five Guy burger, a Five Guys mm-hmm. burger on the way home. If you walk past a Five Guys and you're hammered, you can't not have a Five Guys. And then as I was getting my burger from the um, kind cashier there, I looked through the window and I noticed there was a McDonald's directly opposite. So oh, I went no. across oh. and I added chicken nuggets. I got chicken nuggets uh, to go as a side with my Five Guys burger. I combined two takeaways in one hammered late night meal. Thoughts? Oh God, that well. I first of all, I think that's I think that's very impressive. My first question though is, how many chicken nuggets did you get? I just went six. Oh, which isn't enough, is it? I don't know why that's I did that. I should, yeah, I should have gone. That's if you're not choosing enough. to go in, I also queued as well. I queued for six. I don't know what that is. I don't. Know, I was trying to control myself. Did you go to a GBK afterwards and just try to pick up some <laughs> pick up a milkshake or something? I would have gone with the onion rings. If there was a Burger King opposite, I would de- definitely have done that. Um, but Simran, on Sunday night, I. I beat that. I did something which I haven't done in so long. Now, I think this is a bit of a takeaway hack for anyone's listening. Um, If your partner or your flatmate is ordering something different to you from a takeaway, as what happened to me uh, on Sunday night with my girlfriend, Claire, she was going for Vietnamese food. I wanted another burger because I was hungover. Um, I uh, got a starter from her Vietnamese takeaway delivered to me. I went for a Vietnamese chicken wings and then I had my burger come from my place. So oh I went for two deliveries turning up and I timed it so much that the uh, I had my Vietnamese chicken wings and then just as I was finishing it, like table service in run, my burger turned up with the other delivery. Look at that for timing. It was so good. God, um, that is, do you that's, think that's an that's exciting impressive. new world? 
Is it not only that? I actually, I, I retract my previous statement saying that was not cool. <laughs> that is really cool. It's actually given me an idea, Simran, for Go a high-end delivery app, which is where you order food from good restaurants and the drivers arrive dressed as waiters. What do you think of that? With a silver tray with your food on it. I think, I think you'd get confused quite quickly between them as waiters and them as strippers. To be honest. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's quite butters in the bath. (laughs) Never. Yeah. Never combine that with a hen do. Give me a lot of confusion (laughs) as to what the person at your door is about to do. (laughs) He's ripping down his trousers and he's holding your mug delivery. (laughs) No. (laughs) Now, um, I think that's quite impressive. However, it's never as impressive as the stuff that we sent into this show by you, the wonderful listeners. Um, As always, we've had brilliant correspondents. I just want to say, it it means the world that you send us all this stuff. It really does. You're sending us some weird and brilliant, wonderful takeaway tidbits, uh, such as Simran. What have we got this week? Yes, well, okay. So we have um, a guy called Rob. uh, He's emailed in and he says, "Um, Hi, lads. My lovely girlfriend has a strange habit of crunching up her poppadoms sprinkling all over her curry and mushing it oh, all yeah. in together with the rice for it to look like what I can only describe as a dog's dinner. <laughs> it would be great to find out if there are any other people who do this or is she just a big old weirdo? Keep up the good work. Kind regards, Rob. Um, first of all, I take an issue with calling it a dog's dinner. And the reason I say that is this. I do this, but it wasn't... Actually, that's like I don't do this. When I was growing up, my grandmother used to do exactly this but not with poppadoms with rotis so ah. she would she would she would uh tear them up put them inside the curry it's when i was a kid yeah yeah and mush it all together and then i would eat that and actually it it might yeah it might not have looked like it actually it did look pretty good i think you're just being a bit of a snob i I, I would say if i'm being honest rob i i actually i, I completely agree with you Simran. i think there's most foods are improved by a bit of crunch. I, I do agree with that. And I, I, I use the poppadom in my main course, definitely. If I, I'll use it as a scoop. And I suppose it's doing the same thing. It's providing crunch to the curry. I, the roti thing, that feels like that's soft on soft, though. That doesn't really seem to work for me. Or it's- it is. It was. Well, that, that's why it was a thing for when I was a kid. It was It was a more like it was. It, uh, Rob is right when he says you're kind of mushing it all together. But yeah. I really liked it. I think, I mean, I, I was actually, I, I saw this email earlier. and. Um, because <laughs> I had time on my hands, because I've been up since six in the morning with my children. <laughs> um, I wrote a list around of things that would be improved by putting a poppadom in it. <laughs> so would you oh, like yes. To, Here would we you go. Like Come on, my list of things. I'd love to hear it. Here's a little nothing jingle. More, nothing more than hearing this. Here uh, let's improv a jingle. Things that could be improved by putting a poppadom in it. Crunch. Okay. Number one. Number one, a sandwich. Any sandwich would be improved by putting a poppadom in it. Agree? Uh, yes, I would agree as long as this poppadom isn't bigger than the sandwich. Because ah. if you're putting a poppadom into a sandwich and it's spilling out, you're going to be eating a lot of poppadom before you get to the sandwich. But carry on. That's a really good point. And, and to be honest, you'll probably make the same point on this one. I think a beef burger, most beef burgers will be improved by a poppadom. That crunch as you go through, a bit of saltiness. Can I just flag, are you just putting poppadoms inside buns? No, is no, that, no. That well, next in between, one. In between two pieces of bread. Well, set your eyes to surprise because the next one is soup. Because soup is, uh, in my mind, soup is relentless. It never ends. It never changes. There's no let up. Every mouthful is exactly the same. It's so boring. Mm. Anything to break up the dull monotony of soup would be a good thing. So poppadom in soup improves it. Honestly, your world will be blown, Crane. Have you ever experienced a crouton? <laughs> there's a, 
a crouton in a soup can absolutely i mean i don't i don't know if you've ever tried it i forget you're such a foodie my, my fourth one which i think is quite it's quite a sweet one is just any packed lunch if you open up your packed lunch box and there's a poppadom in there and you've forgotten you put a poppadom in there it's, it's a better day you got your wagon wheel you got your sandwich you got your poppadom it's a better day and here ends things that will be improved by putting a poppadom in it. Next bit of correspondence, Simran. Let's move on swiftly. <laughs> okay, next correspondence is from Tom. So Tom says, I used to live next door to a very good Indian takeaway. For a while, whenever we used it, I always used to try and order something new. I wanted to try everything on the menu at least once. So we had a paper menu and I decided to tick it off. Oh, yes. We moved before I really made a dent. But I wondered if either of you or any of our listeners has ever completed a menu. I'm going to call in out, Tom. I've never completed a menu. And in fact, even if I were just to move away from what I usually order, I would consider that a completion of the menu. So I'm like quite a creature of habit with that kind of stuff. So instead of an American hot out of Pizza Express, I decided to go for, I don't know, a La Ren. For me, that is like fucking hell. You're really branching out here. Looking around the room to see if, if anyone else has noticed that you've gone for a La Ren. Someone else must have clocked that I haven't gone for my normal there. <laughs> my question there would be, do you think that they are just choosing the dishes they want and then ticking them off? Or are they going through it literally in order? So like, was their first takeaway there just like five starters? I mean, how have they approached this? Well, I presume it's been quite haphazard. I presume yeah, they've decided to go for a bunch of stuff. And then and then they've just, and then they've thought, oh, you know what would be cool to tick it off? And then, but they haven't done it, have they? This is the Simran, thing. I've had another app idea. I've had, an, I've had another app idea, Simran. <laughs> this is my big app idea. Yeah, go on. This, this is, so the, the waiter one may not pay off, but this one might. It's an app for delivery food. And once you've ordered a dish once, you can no longer order it ever again. It's to try and make you expand your culinary horizons. So once you've chosen it, it's gone forever. That might be great for the consumer, but I don't think that's very good for the businesses that are operating. Oh, yeah. They're going to have to find new dishes for, because their customers can't reorder the same dish. I think that'd be a real struggle from a business model perspective <laughs> <laughs> for a menu that will have to be so incredibly wide and expansive that it can, it can accommodate just one each time before <laughs> it expires. I think that's really tough. I feel like I'm in front of Claude with my business plan on The Apprentice and you're ripping me <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm starting to sweat. This isn't going to work, Tom. Please leave. Take your laminated folder. (laughs) And that was our correspondence. Uh, As always, uh, we love the stuff you send us. Um, Send us uh, stuff you have. What what, what weird takeaway things do you do? Anything weirder than me sort of attempting the uh, the double up from two takeaway places? Uh, What about the poppadom hack? Do you think are there other things that you do with your food that you think others might enjoy? Um, if you want to get in contact with the show, here is how. God's sake. You can follow us on Insta on my favourite takeaway podcast, on Twitter on Fav Takeaway Pod, or email us hello at my favourite takeaway podcast.com. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Right, it's time for our next uh, guest, which is Big Hass. Big Hass is a fantastic uh, up and coming chef. He trained with Jamie Oliver. Uh, the Observer Food Monthly called him one of the next big things. He's, he's six foot six, which is pretty cool. Uh, he has a YouTube channel called Sunday Sessions, uh, where he basically cooks barbecues in his in his garden in North London. And uh, that's where we had our chat with him. We had such a great time. And uh, here it is, Big Hass. So Sim and I are lucky enough to be at the epicenter in the garden of one of our favourite up-and-coming chefs. We have the, the, the beast of a barbecue uh, beside us. The, anyone who's watched your brilliant Sunday special videos would have seen the... Uh, what would you describe this? This is a... Um, a derelict shed. Derelict shed, to be honest. To the point, chef, derelict shed. <laughs> That's the shed. That's the, uh, um, but it really is an absolute pleasure to be here. And um, most excitingly, we have um, your favourite takeaway in front of yes. us as well. So. Um, what are we having tonight? What's, what's So what's we are having Turkish food from Antep Luler in Haringey. Um, and for me, this is the, the closest you're going to get to like Turkish food in Istanbul. So mm. there's like a category of donna that I like to put things into. And it's like top end donna, which is like the motherland. And Antep feel, falls in. Okay. And then anything that's served in like a polystyrene yep. box goes into a lower end donna, which can still be great. But for me, this is like, if you're in North London and you want Turkish food, this is the place to be. Okay. Um, so these, these donners will be made, I'm guessing lamb neck, is it? Is that what it will be? Yeah, lamb neck. Be made throughout the day. This okay. will be a mixture of lamb and beef. A okay. lot of people don't oh, really? know. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people, we, we put beef oh, in our yeah. donners to bulk them out. But this will be packed by hand, on site, no off site, no mystery meat. So that it cuts. <laughs> so like if you watch them cut, yeah. it cuts like normal donner. And donner in Turkey is actually square and not circle. So ah. the reason it's square so you can get like long strokes with the knife so that you get like folded bits of neck meat and, and like fatty bits and stuff. So is circular donna in general sort of worse donna then? Is it or ah. what's the sort of rule? Because the, the one that you, you worry about is the completely spherical one where there's never any break in the meat whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one but consistent that's, that's, yeah. slab. That's just down to like emulsifying the meat with fat. Okay. So the, the lower end donor will contain more fat so that the meat sticks together. So you could have like a 70-30 ratio. One, it's cheaper for you to produce. And two, those kebab shops, the punters don't really care. It's like a midnight yeah, yeah. polystyrene yeah. donor that I'm going to smash and then go home and hope I don't puke. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah. This place, when we went in, the donors, as they were like turning, was quite clearly they were layered. Yeah, the yeah, meat yeah. was layered. You could yeah. see each individual layer and look. Love good. It. So, so Hass, right now you've taken out about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There's like nine dishes. So, do you just want to talk us through? Take us through what we've got. Yeah, right. What we've got. So, this is the exciting bit. You know, you get a takeaway, you get to lift up. So, you've got a kufta on rice. So, kufta is like a lamb flat meatball um, eaten throughout the Middle East. Because this place specialises in donna, yeah. they don't have an open fire. So. In order for them to cook the kofta, they have to go flat and then grill them over a grill that's gas-fired. Oh, uh, okay. Whereas if you're going to do the kofta that you're 
normal to is specific to a region in Turkey called Adana, which is the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the name of the kuf there. So that's how they're made there. And it varies because Turkey's so vast, right? Yeah. Where it, like the, the more you travel out, like if you go to like Aleppo, the border of Syria, food gets spicier and spices change and like kofta mixes change. And like my dad's from Cyprus and our don is completely different to... I've got to say, Hassan, I am, I am glad that you didn't ask us to go to Aleppo for your favourite. <laughs> <laughs> it does, I think. We've got a nice little chickpea salad. Amazing. Cute. So what's in that then? There's Chickpea, it looks like um, a Turkish version of paprika. I'd say some parsley. Oh, lovely. Lemon juice, olive oil. Perfect. Bog standard. We've got nice. a nice little salad with a couple pickles and a gherkin on top, very important. Yeah, I've hugely got into those pickles recently. They're great, oh, they're the best things. So so a sandwich can just be lifted oh. with it. There's oh, that, that, look and, at and the this. vinegar as well, you can use just to sort of put through the yeah, sandwich yeah, yeah, a little yeah. bit. Oh, it's so good. So those pickles are served with all sandwiches in Turkey oh, really? and in Cyprus, right? So if you order a doner in Turkey is a sandwich, right? Like it's, yeah. it's considered a lunch food. It's a grab and go yeah. kind of meal where I guess here it became associated with like a dirty takeaway. For them, it's just yeah. like, oh, let's go get something quick and easy, doner it is. So would people eat, be eating like a number of doner kebabs a week in Turkey? Is, is it yeah, like yeah, one yeah. of the things you would go to, like you'd have a Monday to Friday? Here's I, my fifth I, one of the week. I had <laughs> four in one day on my first day in Istanbul, right? I was, listen, we're, we're Cypriot, right? So for, yeah. the lot, for 16 years from birth to the age of 16, my dad always took us to Cyprus. Yeah. We had to stop off in Istanbul and change flights because you can't fly directly to North Cyprus because we're not a registered part of Europe, right? Okay. So we'd have to get off in Turkey. And I'd never been to Turkey before. So I said to my friends, I was like, right, let's not do Magaluf, let's not do Ayanapa, let's do like a pilgrimage, a food trip. Obviously being a chef, I was like, I can't talk about Turkish food and not touch the motherland. Yeah. So I was like, all right, cool, Istanbul. <laughs> Landed in Istanbul at 10.30 and from midday till about 2 a.m just eating donners, grilled turbot, <laughs> stuffed mussels, <sighs> drinking racket. What were your friends yeah, doing? Yeah, man, same, same. <laughs> to be honest with you, I've got, I've got heavy eater friends that and yeah, they, trust, they trust me enough now where they're like, if Hassas is good, yeah, Let's yeah. do it. My feet are mean? flicking with excitement. I'm literally talking about I have a physical reaction. So, so Has, in front of you is this dish that has a sort of yogurty, yeah. tomato-y, meaty, oniony, grilled peppery sort of vibe to it, and so it looks delicious. Talk this is called it. Iskender, right? Yeah. And it's from Bursa in Turkey. Bursa is, what, is that a region, is it? Or yeah, a, it's yeah. A, a place in Turkey, a, a city. City, all right, okay. Um, so it's quite, it's quite particular to a city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right, okay. A yeah, lot, yeah. It's, it's, it carries the same way Italian food does, you know what I mean? So if you go to the south, you've got like a Malfi lemons, yeah, yeah, yeah. that kind of yeah. stuff. Turkish food has the same kind of like tradition and background to it. Iskender is, the first layer is pita bread, then you've got really nicely cooked doner meat, mm. that goes on top. You've got like a chili tomato water. It's not exactly a sauce, mm. it's mm. like a little ladle of joy. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and then it's a big whack of yogurt. So now you're looking at greasy meat, uh, fiery tomato, cooling from yogurt. What, what could we do to make it better, right? Fuck it, we'll just put a layer of brown butter on top. So it's- It's, it's diet it's, food. Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just everything you want oh in it. Um, so brown butter is butter that's been fried for, for uh, it's, it's been so, cooked long enough yeah, to- Yeah, you let, take, it, flu, from, you take it past the point out. of ghee. Yeah. So oh, really? Yeah, where you'd separate oh. ghee and keep the fat from the solids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You allow the solids to drop to the bottom of the pan and caramelize, which almost gives you like that Werther's original yeah. nutty. Yeah. Granddad's pocket kind of smell, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, caramel, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. I'm so, I'm so jealous of that 
four kebabs in a day thing. I've always been, like, I'm obsessed with Chinese food and I've always been so jealous of Chinese people because they can openly have three meals yeah, of yeah, Chinese yeah, food yeah, a day. Yeah, if I do that, my girlfriend's like, what you are you can doing? do that, Craig. You what's can do that. Chi- what's the Chinese breakfast? Well, Congee? Is that Chinese? Uh, yeah, it probably is Congee. Chinese, yeah, yeah, it? it would be, yeah. For me, it'd be crispy beef. Just three, three <laughs> crispy beefs in a row. <laughs> None of that stress one bullshit. Yeah, yeah, no, no sorry about that. Chili beef <laughs> for just crispy chilli beef. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> All right, so I've just opened a beautiful bag of yeah. Lach Majun. Um, again, Lach Majuns come in different shapes, different sizes, depending on regions. Yeah. Um, this would be from like Adana, again, where the skewer's from, so that's what explains the spice. Um, if you move to like Antep, where this, where this food's so-called from, they have pistachios and fresh mint oh, okay. and sliced onions and stuff. Oh, wow. Now, for, I suppose, for, for those listening, now, it looks, but it is not... A Turkish pizza. A Turkish pizza. <laughs> now, it pizza looks, has but it is on it, it, it? cheese on yeah. it, exactly. It's pita. Is, is that, is yeah, that, yeah, is yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. Let's take a quick photo. This looks so amazing. It looks so and good. I guess this last baton is just a donna. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out of it. Oh god, I, I don't looks think so good. I don't think I've been this keen to eat. I mean, I'd, <laughs> I'd, go, with that, I'd go with that one. First. This is, this is just. This looks great. I'm gonna have a go on this little cocktail. And then now you said um, with that donna, there's a donna there, and you said traditional style, no sauce. Mm-hmm. And usually you go into a donna kebab place, and it's basically <coughs> drowned in chili and garlic and extra garlic and extra yeah. chili. That is that a non-traditional way of doing it, or is that? I think it's a bang for buck thing. So like, you know when you go to Subway, right? Yeah. Subway, there's so many options, right? Yeah. So Love it. you go in there with your base and you're like, BMT, meatball, whatever, the, yeah. whatever it is you're getting, right? <laughs> then you look at the salad bar and you're like, I've never put sweet corn and black olive in a sandwich, but you're offering me <laughs> to put sweet corn and black olives in a sandwich. Fuck it, put, put double the amount of sweet corn and black olive. So I kind of feel like yeah. when it comes to donuts, people are just like, oh, am I allowed it all? Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. for, for us as Cypriots, my dad always banged on that the best way to enjoy a donut was grilled meat or slices of meat, parsley, onion, tomato, lemon juice. That was it. That's it. Because okay. I guess, again, if you look at like the science of food, I'm not like an advocate for science or whatever, but like like I mentioned with the Iskender, there's like there's a meatiness and a greasy level yeah. to coat your mouth. And then yeah. there's like harshness of raw onion. There's acidity from tomato. And then there's like yeah. a cooling, clean parsley and lemon juice. So it's like I once described eating as like, have you ever seen that scene in Ratatouille with the neon lights? <laughs> yeah, yeah. With the rats eating <laughs> cheese. And he's like, if I, if I eat these two together, another flick of neon comes out, right? Yeah, That's how yeah. I describe food to people because I guess it's a reference that we can all understand. Yeah. If you haven't seen Ratatouille, you're pissed. <laughs> just imagine a rat eating one thing, it was one fleck of neon, and then yeah. two things, and the whole thing erupted. Do you know what I mean? But it, all, so, it has parallels with music as well, I think, doesn't it? That's the thing yeah. is that when it's that symphonic, you know, yeah, everything chimes together. Definitely. Are, uh, what would you like? What should we start with? Yeah, then? what should we start? Have you ever had Iskender? Have I had Iskender? I haven't had it like that, no. Um, I think we should try the Iskender because it looks looks so good. We're starting with the, um, I'm going to pronounce this wrong. I always say Lacan, but that's probably wrong, isn't it? Right. I sound like I'm trying to clear my throat. <laughs> you went in like really excited with it, I and did, everyone's yeah. like, oh, I've got this wrong. <laughs> so much kind of, I caught your eye midway through the word. Yeah, thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how should I be saying it? How do you pronounce it? La, la, ma, 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 jun. Oh, I was la, overcomplicating la, it. Ma, yeah, la, ma, jun. What, make, what makes a good la, ma, jun then? Uh, crispy bottom. Yeah. I quite like them dry, which is probably a, a weird thing to say, but you can, you can often get them where they're like a little bit greasy. Um, yeah. Again, it's just, making the vessel to hold your sandwich better by smearing meat on it. It's like a very Turkish way of thinking about things, is how can I make bread better? Oh, we'll just put meat on it. And when would people have this? It's just like... Just... Lunch again. Is it lunch? Yeah, yeah lunch. Okay. In Istanbul, they're served really small. Yeah. So like, you know, a particular sushi restaurant where you pick a small plate, you pick it off, 
Yeah. yeah. So it's designed so that you can just like be like, oh yeah, two more please. And the guy just fires okay. them in, fires them out. They take like 15 seconds to cook a piece. Yeah, yeah. And you just sit there on like a little stool looking out into uh, the Bosphorus. Just smashing love my joints just wow. all day long. Yeah, man. Like love that. That is a sound. There's a, bit, like, great, uh, man. there's a lot of this, like, I love that sort of street food culture of mm, small yeah. meals. It seems to be like well, you've been to India because family there, but like that seems to be the case there as well. It's a lot of sort of small well, dishes, those sort of. So I go to India once every two years. Every time I go, recently, my dad has been like, we have to go to this place called Elko. Elko is the place to go, right? <laughs> And he obsesses over the place. So we've got to go to Elko, go to Elko. And my family was like, why do we have to go to this place? This is not a good place. Why do you keep going to go there? And it was like, it does the best pani puri. So pani puris are basically like, they're just like a, a crispy, and something inside, a crispy a hole, basket, yeah. which inside you put, they're bloody great, yeah, though. You yeah, put they are a tamarind sauce with some potato and some you know, chickpeas and that stuff. You knock it all back on one. And he's like, we've got to go to Elko. I turn up, looking at this place. I've never been to this place before. Turns out Elko is as popular in Bombay as Pret is in London. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's the equivalent of someone coming over London and being like, we've got to go to Pret. We've got to go to Pret and try their tuna sandwich. We've got to try their tuna sandwich. They're like tuna. Driving all the way, driving all the way from Bombay to London just to try their tuna sandwich in Pret. Damn good tuna sandwich, but it's still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, is it any good? Mm. Was really it? Good, yeah. Brett doesn't often let you down. Does <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that Swedish meatball thing. Trust me. It's not bad. It's not bad. Um, so, what should we, we, we try next? next? Uh, what we try I'd next? say we go Iskender. Okay. Yogurt mm, yeah. y, meaty. Okay. Yeah, do you, want, you, 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 you go first. I want to see how you do it. Try to get the structure right. So, I'm going to go a little bit of this bread and meat mix. So, bread and meat mix first. On the bottom, and then yeah. just get a whack of yogurt. Can I ask and then like, like my mum to you serve me. Give me a fork. Give me a fork. Thank you very much. Yeah, cheers. Thank you. It's the open mouth you can tell me I'm a good boy. Here comes the train. Here we go. Oh, wow. Oh, it's proper done. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Ah. So it's like, it's almost like shawarma. Have you ever had shawarma? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah, Persian yeah, equivalent. Yeah. This, this Persian, is amazing. Is it? Okay, let's give yeah. it a go. It's so good. It's, the, the meat is soft. The pitta is just got to soaked oh up God. all those mm. juices. So that combination of the kind of salty meat with the juices of the pitta and then that yogurt just cutting through, it is absolutely delicious. But do you know, That's not like John I've ever had before. Mm. It's a good one. This is like, it's so, so traditional. I suppose it's because that meat is, the pit has become kind of soggy. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's like a soggy bread inside so this. The, the I like the slight sharpness of the yogurt as well. Yeah, it? exactly. And it's also, as I said before, like it's not a fully cooked out tomato sauce. So it gives you that acidity, right? But you'll eat through it and then you'll get a piece of bread that's like soaked in the, all the brown butter. Mm. And it's mm. like a little flavour change. Mm -hmm. So you like, it finishes off with like caramel notes and you're like, it's like eating dessert and meat at the same time, and it's amazing. So, so your dad is a Turkish Cypriot, is that yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So, did you grow up with Turkish food growing? What, what was what was like your food growing up? Basically, did you did you get takeaways and also what what was cooked in the house? So, when Dad met Mum, they decided to get married. Dad was like, "We need to get married in Cyprus." So, Mum spent eighteen months in Cyprus after marriage. Okay. Learned the culture, learned the language, the ways of life. Came back, and I'd say I was probably born into a Turkish household, although my mum was white. Yeah. So we grew up on traditional Turkish food. One, because my dad doesn't like change, right? So like my mum, <laughs> there's a few things that dad would be like, oh, shepherd's pie, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> well, like roast dinners, he used to love roast dinners, right? Yeah. So we grew up on like traditional Turkish dinners, like bulgur wheat, oh, yeah, rice yeah. and stuff, yeah. and like stews, and like one of my favorite dishes is just like braised peas and lamb and tomato. Absolutely delicious. Um, but Friday nights, Dad would go to the coffee club, right? A little social cafe, have chats about okay. politics and probably gamble. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and Mum would be like, I've worked the full week at work. 
I'm not cooking. Why would I cook? Right? So that was our opportunity to have takeaway. And it turned into takeaway Friday. Mm. My auntie and uncle used to come around. I used to bring friends over. And it was like this celebrated thing that we did every Friday where we'd just get a takeaway. Yeah. And like literally every Friday. And if that Friday we didn't have a takeaway, I was disappointed. Yeah, I was yeah, like, why yeah. the fuck are we eating mac? And I'm like, mac and cheese. Or why have you made mac? It's Friday. You know the rules, man. Like, I don't care if it's I've like, been half term. To this yeah, I don't care if it's half term. You've been off all week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so. And what were you having? What, what, what was. It was mostly Turkish. Was it? Okay. Yeah, it was mostly always like a lamb wrap or slowly as I started to like take the, the reins on Takeaway Friday, the same way I took the reins on Barbecue Sunday. Um, I'd be like, oh, have you not ever eaten Jamaican food? Yeah, or like, yeah. there's this wicked Vietnamese shop. I'd be like, oh, mum, you like pho. I've never had pho, but you like it, you like it, you like it. <laughs> and then like, I slowly started to convince them that there was a whole world of food okay. apart from this. And was there any resistance? Well, yeah, you, was the point where you're when my dad still resists, the, uh, bro. Oh, really? My dad Does still he? resists, yeah. Like, I guess takeaway for me kind of pushed me into cooking different cuisines where I studied MSG. I'm lucky enough to live next to um, Lung Fung, which is a massive Chinese supermarket. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so where I fell in love with Chinese takeaways and ended up spending £20 a week for like a mixed orders for two on my own <laughs> and then wake up in the morning and eat any leftovers as breakfast, I was like, I'm just going to make this shit and try to save some money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I, I learned that fried rice isn't fried rice without MSG or like really? wok breath or like actually having a wok in order to create that food. The same way you like crispy chili shredded beef, you can make those dishes at home, yeah. right? And a lot of the time better. Like I've, I've probably hit every Chinese takeaway that we have and I've got one that doesn't let me down, but like on the level of Chinese food. Is that Panda? Is that the one you go to? No, nah, Panda's in Leytonstone. Oh, that's okay. that's strictly dim sum. Yeah, so it's is like, it? Okay, yeah. It's free, free women in the back that hand roll dim sum there and then. Amazing. And okay, it's yeah. just like, I, a friend of mine told me about it because we were, I went to, Tire place that we spoke about on the phone. Sing, 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 Sing yeah, yeah. A friend of mine, I went to Singburys and I was getting messages on Insta and people were like, oh, you've got to go to Panda, it's four doors down. And I was yeah. like, okay, okay, next week we'll drive down, go to Panda. And it was amazing, bro. Like, I ate dim sum off the bonnet of a car. Yeah. But oh. like, sunset in Leytonstone. Leytonstone's not pretty, bro. Like, Edmonton's not pretty. But for a split second, you're like, I don't care who I'm with or where I am. This food's just fucking great. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, 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 yeah. And it yeah. has the ability to take you away. And I guess that's why I fell in love with food, man. Yes. Yeah. Is that there's an essence of nostalgia, there's an essence of the unknown, like, oh my God, I've never seen Chinese chives before, or three cornered leeks. Um, and what's this thing here, which I haven't actually had a sip so of? So that's yet. Raki. Um, it's oh, yeah. a aniseed based. Oh, wow. Um, I don't know what kind of alcohol is it, like it is. Uzo? Yes, oh. but we dilute it. So, <laughs> it is um, and it's designed to be eaten with a specific type of meal. Okay. So the the feta and melon that I've brought out is to accompany the drink. There's oh. a whole culture let's, let's in Tur- there's a whole culture in Turkey that's built around that drink. Around oh, really? this drink. So yeah, having melon, melon and feta with this melon drink. Melon and feta, and it'd be mostly like meze stuff. It'd be like yogurt based yeah. or like cured fish. Yeah, yeah. Small plate tapas, antipasti kind of vibe. So how am um, I having this with this drink then? So I've, I've got watermelon and one piece of uh, eat them both. Feta. So put both these things together. Yeah. The, the fruit and the cheese. Okay. Yeah. And then cleanse your palate with a little bit of uzoi araka. Araka. Oh, that is nice. Oh, that is nice, isn't it? That is nice, and it's so not a thing you would usually have if yeah. you were going for it's Turkish food. It's also a very big creeper in the alcohol is industry. It? Like, <laughs> does it? 
Yeah, bro. Like, um, <laughs> Raki, because you drink it diluted, right? I don't yeah. know if this is a wise tale. When you drink Raka, right, you, yeah. your body absorbs the alcohol okay. and you release the water that you drank with it, right? So right. in the morning, if you've drank half a bottle of Raka and you drink a litre bottle of water, it's not a wise tale because it's happened. Yeah. And you drink a litre bottle of water. This is day two in Istanbul, yeah? yeah. <laughs> um, We're back. litre bottle of water in the morning, woke up with the driest mouth, like little bits of like Donna grease around my yeah. mouth still. Banged a litre bottle of water and I was fucking pissed. Really? No I way. was pissed, absolutely bro. Smashed. I was pissed. Because the alcohol is remaining. Yeah, and it yeah, gets... yeah. I was absolutely pissed. It's quite a good value drink then, in that case. It gets yeah, you it's it's two days in a row. It's a good value drink. For any students listening. <laughs> <laughs> Now, in your video, you said that the way that you ma would make the bread... Yeah, yeah. Actually, it was a Jamie Oliver yeah, yeah, thing, yeah. Is, your, is, is your favourite style of bread. And you've tried lots of different types. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And am I right in thinking that you, you first got your big break, or you first worked with Jamie... Yeah, yeah. ...as a sort of chef? So, so what, what happened there? The, the career started, right, 11 years ago. I was... I'm a fully qualified plumber. Are you? I was a security guard in the Hayward Gallery on the South Bank, telling people not to touch pictures, which was fucking absolute banter. Really? Um, yeah. So how did you end up with Jamie Oliver, training with him? I was sat in my bedroom, downloading music illegally on LimeWire. We can now timestamp this then. Mum, <laughs> mum had seen, I don't know where Mum had seen it, I don't know if it was like on morning telly, but Mum had seen that Jamie ran a course called 15, that he took kids off the street that even have any qualifications or in trouble with the police or didn't have the best start. Mm. Not saying that I come from a broken home or anything, because I don't, I just fucking have a massive thing against like authority and like regimented lifestyles and stuff like that. Okay, yeah. There's a little shit in it. And Mum was just like, shoot your shot. Like, what, what, what are you going to lose? You, yeah, you yeah. secretly watch cooking shows all day long. <laughs> like, my brother would watch Gillette Soccer, Soccer Saturday and I'd wait for him to get up off the sofa and be like, right, UK TV food. And watch, <laughs> right. like, Raymond Blanc. Yeah, yeah, just watch nine hours of Keith Floyd being a racist. Do you know what I mean? So, like, mum was just like, give it a go, right? Mum said, give it a go. It was a three-part interview, smashed all three, <clears> luckily. Got onto so the course. Just to sort what of was the interview? This. Yeah, what happened? Yeah, what, interview? Was, uh, what were First interview was initial meet and greet, right? Because when you open the doors to, let's say, delinquents, you don't know who you're dealing with. People, some people come with baggage. Some people come with just like big mistakes that they made in their life and now they're suffering from them. And there's guys like me that are just like, I hit puberty and I wanted to fight. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so first one was a meet and greet, getting to know each other. The second part, we were all taken to Hackney College and we did like this open day. You were partnered with three people, given the Jamie Oliver recipe. Mine was ragu and fresh pasta. Okay. And it was to see how you worked in a group. And I was just like, I said to the two guys, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? They were like, I want to make the bolognese. He was like, I want to do this. I was like, okay, cool. I'll attack the pasta. I've never made pasta in my life. Give it a go. Did that, got through. The meal was crap. Yeah, but I, I then Are after you making leaving fresh pasta? It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Then, you never done it before? No, bro. That's hard wow. to do first time. <laughs> I, I had nothing else. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I had nothing else. They, I was they like, tell you how to do it. They don't just guess. They do give you, you a yeah, recipe yeah, yeah, from yeah. a book. Okay, yeah, yeah. I was well seasoned as a, not a chef, but I knew my way around the kitchen, yeah. right? So like, I knew how to cut a potato. I knew what certain yeah. vegetables and herbs were. I'd watched hours of Keith Floyd. Of, yeah, of cooking shows. <laughs> you were drinking so, like, and giving I'd long seen, takes yeah, with the camera <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> drinking amaroni. Amaroni. <laughs> there should be a litre bottle of red wine here. Um, <laughs> but yes, I'd watched endless amounts of cooking shows, so I kind of understood what was going on. Did that, 
Went home, was like, oh, I'm never going to get in. Got the, the third and final call in this garden. I was pacing up and down the garden, chain smoking cigarettes. Like, they're not going to call me back. They're not going to call me back. They said they'd call me by five. It's now six. I didn't make it. Rang me at six o'clock. Has you start on Monday, right? And you do like the first initial week of like team building and like, hi, I'm Has. And like, oh, what did you do to get here? It's almost like yeah. AA, yeah? <laughs> okay, right, yeah. Um, but then they were like, we've got a special guest. And we're like, who the fuck's our special guest? In, in walks Jamie Oliver. Wow. Everyone's bum tenses. And you're like, oh my God, the headmistress is here kind of thing, yeah, right? Yeah. And then shit got real there and then. The day we met Jamie, the following day, it was into the kitchen, into Chef White's. So it was four days a week in the 15 restaurant. What time are you starting? 7 a.m. What time are you finishing? 10 past one. In the morning? Yeah, bro. Whoa. That is full bro, on. listen. That is full People on. People say to me, why do you sit down in your videos? It's because I've worked in an industry <laughs> where I work 75 and almost 80 hours a week for 10 years. If I want to sit down, I'm going to sit down, bro. Um, is that what it was? Yeah, man. It's a and killer. And so what was, when you, when you first walked into a kitchen, mm. so you've got your proper Jamie kitchen now. Yeah, yeah. Are you nervous? Are you excited? Are you like, I want to get on with this? Like, Obviously, there was an initial nervousness no matter what i knew nothing about kitchens right also the kitchen at 15 was tiny i'm yeah. six foot six i'm as wide as a door there was a stupid like pillar right in the middle of the kitchen right to hold the rest <laughs> of the building up and like every day you had to maneuver <laughs> obviously an insider would tell you that industry is absolutely corrupt right really yeah like in what there's, way there's no hr we can talk about any topic we want there's like sexual harassment stuff that you don't really, you can't tell yeah. anyone. And you're no working out your hours, to. you're working 7 a.m. to 1 a.m. Like that's not. There's drugs, yeah. there's alcohol, there's yeah. all types of mad stuff in the industry, right? And don't let anyone glorify it and tell you different because that's just the way those people are built. Yeah, I know yeah. there's people that are doing it to get themselves through the day, and I also know that there's people that have fuck all else. Yeah. Okay, uh, yeah they're yeah, just yeah. spending 80 hours a, a, a week in a kitchen. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you go home. Like I treated my mum and dad's house like a hotel, bro. It was like, Shower, shit, shave, leave. Yeah. Shower, shit, shave, back to work. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That was the routine for 11 years, man. And yeah. 11 years? Yeah, That's a bro. long time you've been yeah, doing that. Yeah, man. And obviously, the, the higher up you get, you can like control, I'm not coming in to do, I'm not coming in to put the deliveries away. Or okay, yeah. 11 o'clock, I've got a meeting, so I'm going to yeah. start work at 11. So, what did you start as? I started as an apprentice, as like an apprentice? bottom tier. So what, so what were you, you doing? doing? Yeah. What did they let you do? My first ever job in the Jamie Oliver 15 thing was a chicken stock. And I look back at it now, and to cut all the veg for the stock probably took me two hours. Really? And now it's like I could probably make a chicken stock, cut all the base, roast, roast all the bones and that stuff in that time. So is that knife skills you're learning there, basically? Yeah. And understanding of how to yeah, yeah. So flavour stuff? I guess that the, the very beginning is all about like knife skills and understanding the way the kitchen works. Okay, yeah. So yeah. understanding like the hierarchy, understanding the positions and like there isn't that whole French, the highest hat is the, the higher, highest up in like London kitchens. Yeah. But you still is have Is that to, a thing? The higher yeah, the, the hat? Yeah, the higher the hat. The higher the hat So an apprentice, more... you're given a skull cap. Right, okay. Right? So you're given a, a skull cap and you're like, okay, I'm just gonna look at the floor. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you need me to do anything, chef, I'll do it, chef. Three bags four. Like if anyone yeah. goes down in the battlefield, I'm there. Yeah. Um, and then the higher up you get, the taller your hats get. So like if you look at like old school Rue, R.I.P. and whatever, and they're wearing like whack, like okay. Marge Simpson hats, like all of this is full of knowledge. Like, don't, don't talk to me. Do you know they what have I mean? a comfort hidden in there as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. At any point that he's yeah, yeah, like that. Um, so yeah, you have That's to. That's fascinating. You have to understand how. That. You have to understand how the 
the regiment system almost works. It's, it's basically walking into the army. Yeah. It's, yeah. okay, I don't chat shit to that guy, but if that guy wants to go, we can have a little bit of an argument. Okay, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And it's quite male-dominated. Heavily, yeah. heavily, heavily dominated. But with that, there's cock measuring, there's testosterone, there's yeah. I'm bigger and better than you. And it's, I've dealt with it my entire life. Being six foot six and a big guy, I'm the guy that always, the little guy wants to fight. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm the guy that in, if it kicks off in a nightclub, I'm getting pulled out and I wasn't involved. Just because they yeah. know that I could be a nuisance. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So they're like, I walk into kitchens and they'll be like, oh shit, he's a big guy. I'm going to have to like show him that. I'm not to be messed about with. A level of like bravado to be like, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. what kind of guy I am. Yeah. But I've dealt with it forever, bro. Like I, I, I was... So have you seen fights in the kitchen? Has that yeah, been course, a thing that actually man. happens? Yeah, of really? course, bro. Of course, but, bro. But, sorry, you said you've dealt with it for a while. So like, what, at school? Like, was bro, that since year seven, man. Like, since year yeah. seven, yeah. I've been a big boy, bro. Do you know what I mean? So it was always, like, older kids in older years were like, right, you're a big kid, you think you're bad. And it's like, no, I'm just yeah, yeah, larger yeah. than you yeah. are. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so I had to, like, deal with it. And, again, like, being from, like, North London and a Turkish background, as I'm doing now, I talk with my hands. And like, a lot of the yeah. time in my life I've been deemed aggressive. And it's like you have to come away from that shit and realise you're the smallest fish in, fish in the sea now. Mm -hmm. You've just got to shut up and soak everything you can. And I did that for And was that easy for years. you? Was that easy for you in the kitchen? Yeah, and no. Like, there's sometimes where I was just like, this is my job. And like, I knew what my end goal was. <clears throat> when I got into 15, I knew what my end goal was. I was like, I've got fuck all else. I'm never going to be a plumber because I can't fit in an airing cupboard. And <laughs> would I ever go back to security? I'd rather chop off both of my hands. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. So I was like, this has to work, Hass. This is our last opportunity. Was there a point where you felt the change was happening and you were really getting yeah. to grips with it? What, at what point did you think, would you have thought, OK, I'm becoming a chef? Um, the day I graduated, 15. So that was after? 13 months. Oh, really? OK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you had confidence by that point. Yeah, okay, yeah. So the entire way through, you're still an apprentice, right? Yeah. But the last week of the course, all the chefs that work there, so you, you shadow the main chefs. You're never, like, in charge of the kitchen. We're going to okay. produce brilliant food. You shadow the main chefs. The last two weeks of the course, they go on holiday, and now the apprentices take over the kitchen. You're there with your head chef and your sous chef, and it's down to you lot to run no. this restaurant with the head oh, chef. Shit. And like, throughout the entire system, they're like, you need to be ready for chef week. You need to be ready for chef week. You need to be ready for chef week. God. Tom Kerridge comes to the day that I'm having the worst day of my life. Like, I'm having the what worst was going day. Wrong? I was on grill section. I'm a grill boy. I was on grill section, grilling off steaks, and the chef on garnish was late on every one of my tickets. And like, I'm grilling the protein. Someone else is making the chips. You're dressing a parsley shallot and caper salad. And it's like, how many times do I have to tell you I'm two minutes away on meat, your garnish should be done? Yeah. And like, this is what understanding the kitchen... And timing's so key as well yeah. as, with a steak. This well. is with meat and steak. Yeah. Can't this sit is what understanding the kitchen is. That, like, we're 13 months in now, man. You need to know that when I, when I give you that call, you need to be ready on what you're doing. So, like... Yeah. Tom Kerridge is watching me get more and more irate, right? And I'm about to blow my shit. I'm like, <laughs> I'm losing, I'm throwing away steaks because they're over-resting, or like, I'm back on four tables because you're not ready. It's shit never rolls uphill, bro. Do you know what I mean? If you're not ready, the entire system shuts down. Yeah. It's not a kink in the chain that we're yeah. just going to unknot and pull apart and be like, okay, cool, all systems will go again. Yeah. It just goes, bang, down like that. Everything shuts down. 
I got really angry, right? <laughs> I got really <laughs> angry. Kerridge pulled me aside, right? He put, he stuck my sous chef on my section and he pulled me aside and he was like, big man, he was like, we're big boys, yeah? He was like, you can't lose your shit like that. And I was like, I ain't lost, no, I haven't lost my yeah. shit. I've raised my voice, bro. You, you, you think that's I mean? me losing my shit? I was shit. like, I've raised my voice. Everyone else does it. But when it's me, it's like, oh no, Godzilla, <laughs> do you know what I mean? So he pulled me aside and he was like, listen, if you ever want a job, come work for me, right? I applied and he was like, yeah, there's a four month waiting list. I was like, okay, okay thanks. Didn't go. Shout out Kerridge, though. Kerridge is a great guy. Um, really I, that's, slim now. That I, is, I thought that story was going to end with you punching someone, but then, uh, but then having a steak to help the brood no, get I've out. Had, <laughs> I've, had, I've had heated moments. Yeah. In the like kitchen. I had, I'd, I've, had, I've had a chef punch me. Really? Yeah, I've had a chef punch me. I've had a chef push me onto a grill. Oh. Um, all types of shit, bro. And are these things ever reported and anything happens, or is it just what happens? A lot of the time, it just turns into fisticuffs. Oh, really? And okay. it's like... And inside the kitchen, or are you taking it outside the kitchen? I try to like, take it outside the kitchen. Someone's still doing their party shallot, and then there's a fucking fight going no, on. No, the, the heated shit normally happens during service. So there's an excuse. Do you know what I mean? It was like, oh, it was the heat of service. Okay, if I'd said yeah. anything during the heat of service, mm. the heat of service. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's just like, you're just a cock. Stop blaming it on something else, right? Yeah. But I, when I got to senior positions, whether that's like senior, CD, senior CDP, which is chef well, to party. Oh, yeah. So like when you get to a more senior position, you're, you kind of like see that shit, understand that shit and just let it roll water off ducks back. Do you know what I mean? You're okay. like, okay, cool. I've been there. A lot of it's, I've learned my stuff. I've earned my stars and stripes. Yeah. So like you get to like arrogant head chef position where it's like, oh, I don't have to pick peas anymore. So yeah. I, I, I said to myself, when I got into a more senior position that I was going to try and teach the staff and like bring the staff under my wing and be more friendly. And it completely backfired. Oh. Completely backfired. Why was that? Why? So I got to sous chef at a particular restaurant and was really friendly with the team. I was the guy that they ran to, was like, Has I fucked up. Mm. Like, I know you've got my back, right? I was like, yeah, I've got your back. Sort stuff out. I was the guy in that restaurant. Do you know what I mean? Head chef then leaves, Has gets promoted. Yeah. You then have to go from being everyone's fun uncle to like, the black and white Corella Deville babysitter yeah. that's like, stop fucking about. Yeah. Why isn't this right? Why isn't that right? And all of a sudden it's like, oh man, I thought we were friends. And it's but like, no, but I've got, I've now got investors breathing down my neck. Yeah. I've not got a head chef breathing down my neck. It's now investors. It's now GPs, profit margins. It's about turning over money. It's about all this other stuff that I didn't want. Restaurants don't just work. It's like, oh, I've got something delicious, boff. And I'm going to charge you 26 quid. It's how much was this price per kilo? How much oh, was that? Really? What's in the yeah. height of season? What's cheapest? So if you eat, the reason that restaurants eat seasonally is because when it's at the height and it's in an abundance, the price Super. drops. So yeah. talk us through the construction of a, of a, a menu then. How does, how does that work? Who is deciding that? Is, is the head chef and, and the, the money it, people? It, or? it depends because <clears throat> although it's the same industry throughout, it depends where you work. So yeah. like if you work in, I don't know, a five-star hotel, you could be one of, a, one of a team of 50. And there could be three consultants, four head chefs, six sous chefs, right? Mm. And that would normally be the consultancy team and the executives. Mm. And they'd just pass it down, right. down, the, down the ranks. This is what we're doing now. In smaller restaurants like I worked in, it was sous and head chef and the owner. So I worked for Stevie Powell for a very long time. Rotorino, Doc Kitchen, Palatino basically made wow. that, those restaurants maybe the chef that I am. Like, I worked with some brilliant chefs, right? But he was very like, 
you get to a position and he's like, I trust you, do what you want. And that's what I needed. Do you know what I mean? I needed someone to be like, do you... you've got this in the bag, just cook what you want to mm. cook. Was there like a dish that yeah. you were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. shit, this is, this is what's made yeah. me? My first ever special. Which was? Um, Sotolio, which is like the highest dish that celebrates like spring, yeah? Spring, early summer. So it's peas, broad beans and asparagus that's like, slowly confied in olive oil with like lime, oh. with lemon rinds, rosemary, basil, whole cloves of garlic. I've got some, I cooked some today actually. I, I, honestly, <coughs> I've cooked it for something else, but we'll, we'll have a little spoonful, yeah. right? Oh. Um, and then it was a really nice, they were called Sasso chickens, which is a particular breed of chicken from a great farmer. Stuffed it with ricotta, mm. fresh thyme, lime rind, black pepper and salt, parmesan, wow. grilled it. And then it was just like really beautiful chicken sat on top of really beautiful vegetables with a piece of toast with a smear of ricotta on it. And I remember, <laughs> yes, there's, yeah, there's, <laughs> yeah, there's right. a picture, the general manager <laughs> took a picture of it and like you can see the genuine happiness. I don't often smile in pictures, right? But there was like a genuine happiness that was like, this is what we do this shit for, bro. Do you know what I mean? I worked all these hours to get to a point where someone can be like, yeah, that was cracking. So we, let's crack into yeah, the Yeah, well, you, next... you, were, you were mentioning earlier about your, your steaks getting cold. We should probably so try, we should a probably bit try the kofta and, yeah, go and kofta. the lamb. So kofta over rice. Great. Sir. Great. So we're now having, this is the lamb kofta. Lamb kofta, yeah. which is lovely. Um, it is in the, and the chickpea salad, which is really nice. That's got a sort of freshness to it. Yeah. This kofta's on the grill. Yeah, yeah. You call yourself a grill, a grill guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you do this thing called barbecue Sundays. Yeah, yeah. So I want to ask you one question. Tell me. Why are the British so bad at barbecues? Because I find British people, generally, the barbecue game is turn on a barbecue, shove some sausages on, and that's it. Um, us Brits, I'm half British, you see. I'm half English. Um, especially us Londoners, it's all very fast, fast, fast. Whether that's going to work in the morning, I want to be the first on the train, it's yeah. hustle and bustle. It's like Deliveroo, I want it instant at my door. Yeah. There's no like, it's all about me, 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 and I need to get to where I need to get to, right? And I kind of feel like barbecue in the British community is the same. And it's like, burgers, yeah, everyone likes burgers. Or sausages, everyone loves sausages. We're just gonna stick them on and hope for the best. Yeah. So and you've then, got a proper, I mean, I'd almost, it's kind of like an old, like an, like an American pit. It's an oil drum. So that's, a, that's an offset smoker. So the little drum on the left-hand side is to light logs. Yeah. in order to smoke big bits of meat. Underneath that blanket thing over there, I've got a drum barbecue, which is like a Jamaican style 70 litre oil drum. It's okay, a yeah. brilliant bit of kit. There's a little gas pizza oven down there. You could barbecue any, over anything. Like yeah. I've, Turks, we've broken down shopping trolleys and used that as a grill. You put two bricks underneath it, light a fire, you've now got a barbecue. Like, it doesn't yeah. have to be posh and privileged and like beautiful. When I went to Sri Lanka, it was, coconut shells, a grill rack from his oven. Yeah, that's, a, that's so cool. Yeah, like, and you, you can still yeah. achieve the same thing. 100%, the, yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Well, I remember watching the Rick Stein India thing. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. like when he's, he's just in a shack. Mm. He's in a shack and, like, and there's a thing you forget, like even Keith Floyd. You're like, yeah, yeah. these guys can cook on anything, yeah, anywhere, as long as there's a bit of heat and some sort of utensil, mm. then they'll make it work. But I mean, it's like it's like buying the best pair of football boots and thinking you're going to become the best player in the world. Yeah. Like yeah. when when Bex brought out Predators, oh, yeah, yeah. and they were like two seventy, and I was like, Mom, I need a pair of Predators, man. I ended up with a pair of yellow like Lotto from, yeah, yeah, from Italy. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are these? I'm never going to be the best in the world. Do you know what I mean? Just but part like, of you think it was because of the boots. One hundred percent, bro. Okay. But yeah, I just I kind of feel like there's a level of snobbery in food now, yeah. right? And the reason I do what I do and the way I do it is to show you that 
you can be from the ghetto. Yeah. You can not have loads of money in your pocket, but you can still sit in your garden and eat lobster. It's about finding it, sourcing it, knowing yeah. where it is. I'm cooking on a barbecue that I've had for 11 years in front of a shed that hasn't had a roof since I was yeah. about 14. <laughs> so like, it doesn't have to be this yeah. like dinner jacket, La Gavroche vibe in order to enjoy good food. It's just about education. And again, that comes down to like British barbecues and like what the Brits think food is anyway. Cause I kind of feel like as Brits, we're very like narrow minded in the way we think and the way we look at things. It's like, oh no, we're British and we eat this and we eat that. Where mm. it's like, all over the world, there's other things that are celebrated, like eating offal is massive in some mm. countries. And for us, it's like, no, that's peasant food. Yeah, or like yeah. one of the biggest soups in Turkey is sheep's head. And like, if I served you a sheep's head soup with our privilege, you'd be like, what the fuck are we eating? There's, <laughs> yeah. there's so much more lamb. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. There's all of that. <laughs> Come on, there's the whole thing. you me the bit with <laughs> yeah. teeth in. Do you know what I mean? So like, it's, it's, I think it's the way that we look at food. Like, I feel like as like living in the first world and being privileged, we don't have that that like urge to be like, I've got no money, I can't the, afford the it. Yeah, the necessities, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So, so given your, your experiences and how you've used them to work really hard at Jamie's and establish a name for yourself, are you, what's, your, what's your ambition now to like, are you, are you keen to kind of impart the knowledge? Can you make it like? I don't ever want to put a show jacket on. Right. Don't ever want to put a show jacket on. I thought about it a million times just to like open a really good kebab shop yeah. and be like, okay, this is the money owner, I'm going to get a mortgage and I'm going to just yeah. sit and chill. Um, the dream, even when I was at 15, was to travel the world and showcase and like have a camera crew, have a film guy and just have the opportunity to chat shit. Although I grew up watching chef shows secretly and I didn't watch it for the entertainment value, I watched it strictly for food because I found the entertainment yeah. value was so far-fetched for someone like me. Right, it yeah. was like, stick on a lumberjack shirt <laughs> yeah. and cook in front of an agar. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know what an agar is. <laughs> no one in my house has got to spare 13 grand. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was watching it purely to learn about food. And yeah. like, the only people that I'd say were relatable at the time that I was watching, one was Jamie, like when the whole naked chef thing yeah. came out. Like, Jamie's my bro. Like, he, I, I always feel like I owe that man something, right? And I'd be lying if I said I didn't go on the course and be like, I want to be the new Jamie, bro. But like, I want to do it in a way that's more accessible for people like me. Yeah. So like, I know we spoke about like me getting a special on the menu and it being great. One of the biggest things I've written about recently is making scallops for my friends for the first time, right? So right. we'd, I've got this friend Robert, shout out Rob. And he, he was my guinea pig for like eight years. I couldn't bun spliffs at home, so I'd go to Rob's and bun spliffs, right? I'd bun spliffs for a little bit of inspiration and I'd be like, Rob, we'd be sat in the garden looking at the sun, yeah? I'd be like, Rob, you ever eaten scallops, bro? And he'd be like, nah, tell me about scallops, yeah? Tell me about and, scallops. And I'd rope him in and I'd be like, bro, they're like in this shell. Like, they're, 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 um, they're hermaphrodites, they're sweet, they're delicious. They see through, they see through their skirt, do you know what I mean? And like, they make wicked ashtrays afterwards, yeah? And, and he'd, be like, he'd be like, all right, cool, let's get in the car. We jump in the little 1.4 polo, go into the fishmongers and you'd build, I built relationships everywhere I go, I try to build a relationship, whether that's the butchers, the fish and I'd go in there and be like, yo, Andy, like, I need some scallops or whatever. Bring them back. And then Robert, I remember Robert looked at them like, they're the size of this, like I'm holding a little garlic sauce takeaway yep. pot. They're about the size of that. A, a big yeah. scallop's about that yeah. size, right? And I remember Robert was looking at me and he was like, bro, this, I'm gonna eat three of those each. Do you know what I mean? And I was like, okay, cool. So I bought a gilt head bream and I got the, the fishmonger to fillet it for me, right? So now I've got a side of fish each and three scallops, yeah? 
And then I'm walking down Enfield Town, getting a little bit inspiration, yeah? yeah? And stumble across the greengrocer market, right? Late spring, early summer, peas and broad beans in abundance. I was like, all right, cool. We're going to buy peas and we're going to buy broad beans. I'm going to make a little, like, beurre blanc. And I'm going to slowly, like, cook these through the beurre blanc, right? And How this, old are you this time? Because yeah. um, <laughs> this is not your usual, I got the munchies, I'm going to go get some what's it. 22, 23. And so I was like, all right, cool. So we drive back to Rob's and I say to him, you're, you're podding peas and beans. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do the rest of it. Um, and I lit, lit the barbecue in his garden. I put a saucepan, uh, I put a frying pan on his fire. And he was like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm going to cook over the fire. And he was like, but with a frying pan. I was like, yeah, just shut up. Just do the peas, innit? Oh, you're good. Oh, you're good. I've got this in the bag, bro. Don't worry. So grilled the, the fillets of fish, pan fried the scallops, made my little beurre blanc and, and folded my like fresh veg through it, finished it with like mint and parsley, spooned it onto a plate. And I remember just him looking at me and being like, bruv, this is like restaurant stuff. Mm -hmm. And for me, I'm like, bro, this is the munchies. Do you know what I mean? This is what I want, this is what I want to eat. Yeah. And I was like, this is... This is munchies, bro. Like, yeah, I like to smash packets of Monster Munch now and again and a couple of Skittles <laughs> and whatever. But like, That's those amazing. times, those times when I was bunning spliffs, right? I don't bun spliffs anymore. But those times when I was bunning spliffs was like the, the time where I'd sit and all of the, the food shows that I've seen or any bit of like information or knowledge that I had banked, what I like to call the pantry is my head. <laughs> um, anything that I had banked would just come to the forefront and be like, oh, do you remember that time we watched what was that guy's name? Luke and Guy and make salt and pepper prawns. Yeah, we're doing that today. <laughs> That's amazing. You know what I mean? that, and you so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just fantastic. pull it up. My, my head is always just like rap lyrics and recipes, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Give you a contrast sort of cook I am. The first meal I ever cooked for someone was in my uh, year nine home ec exam. And I did beans on toast. But worse than that, I... Uh, I didn't even toast the bread. I put the beans on the bread and then I microwave the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason I passed is because my teacher, Mrs. Johnson, hadn't had a breakfast, so she just ate it and it just passed me. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, thank you very much, Mrs. Johnson. But that, the, I love that. The, that. That's the way you work. It's you're, you're picking these things together and you're creating sort yeah, of... Yeah, man. That's you know, so cool. Art with it. It's amazing. I guess I struggle with like, anxiety and depression. Like, I guess that half of the world do, right? Yeah. Not spoken about often, but I struggle with anxiety and depression, right? And I feel like to be inspired, I have to be in a happy place. Yeah. And a lot of the time I am, and sometimes I'm not. And when I'm in like a Debbie Downer, I'm just eating crisps and like, I'm eating yeah. chocolate and I'm eating shit food. When I'm like, I have little triggers, bro, and whether that be like the sun's out and I'm thinking grilled fish, I'm thinking lobsters, I'm yeah. thinking summer food like watermelon and, and cheese yeah. or like if it's a gloomy brown day mum wants a, a mushroom risotto i'm like a seasonal eater in that yeah. sense but i just feel that food fucking fuels everything i do everything i think yeah. about everything like anything that's going to make me happy or like bring me down it's like having a shit takeaway will bring me down bro and i'm yes, like why yeah. have i spent 30 pound on this yes. do you know what i mean like yeah. i could have made this better so i guess if that wasn't the way my mind worked, I'd be in the wrong industry. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it sounds like you're hardwired to be a chef and cook. Of course, like a you're DJ's, born, yeah, you're born a DJ's to do, got to yeah. be thinking about mixes all day, bro. So we've got, our, I think we've got our final things here, which yeah. we've, not, we've not tried the, the lamb donner. So uh, when, when, as we're trying the lamb donner, I mean, are you, you say that sort of bad takeaway will bring you down. Do you, do you get many takeaways nowadays or not really? Are you kind yeah, of- Yeah, I do. I'd, I'd okay. still say that I'd get one a week. Okay. Yeah. And what would um, that be? What's your sort of- My go-to at the minute, right? The, the second option that was after this was 
a place has just opened in Bruce Grove that does jerk chicken donner. Oh yeah, oh, wow. you did mention that. Yeah, so I, I, I went in it skeptically. Yeah, right? what's it and called? I, uh, My 10, I think it's called, okay. or A10, or some shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and a friend of mine had told a friend of mine and was like, you need to take Has to this place, they're doing jerk chicken donna. And like we used to have like jokes with like my Jamaican friends that we'd open a place called Jerk and Turk and we'd do like a mixture <laughs> of, of Jamaican, right. yeah, Jamaican food and Turkish yeah, food. Fantastic. So I was like, shit, I've got to try this. So it was basically donna meat that was jerked chicken on a skewer, cut the same way you'd cut donna, but over rice and peas and coleslaw. Oh, wow. And okay. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. It's obviously, it makes sense. It, it's just, it's going to be- a good idea. It's going to be beautiful. It's yeah. going to be delicious. It's going to be great. But it was one of those that I came across. I was like, yeah, I'd have that again. And for me, that's all it takes is yeah, yeah. that little box tick. But when food's that good, I'm willing to travel, bro. Yeah. Like, I, there isn't anywhere out of the way for me. Like, me and the boys, to go for Chinese food, often go to Four Seasons in Bayswater. Mm -hmm. That's such a great place. And you know what I love about Four Seasons? That's such a great so place. They're so fucking rude. Yeah, they're so rude. Really, like, yeah. I'd flick through yeah. the menu, right, and there's, there's, there's some just dishes that are written in, in Chinese. They're written in Mandarin or whatever, Cantonese yeah. or whatever it is. And I'd be like, what about this one? He'd be like, no, you won't like that. <laughs> like, what do you mean I don't like that? Do you know what I mean? Like, the picture looks great, bro. Like, what is this? You need to stop being so secretive. And then slowly you build... But I quite like. A I quite like. I really I quite, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always quite liked rude waiters. Mm. Places where I know it's going to be a bit rude. Like there are a couple of Indian restaurants that I go to, and the waiters will be pretty rude, right? But it's just part of the vibe. <laughs> and I remember going with my girlfriend, and the waiter. I would just. I would say things like, "Get me some water, will you?" Or something, mm. right? To her, she was like, why are you being so rude? And I'm yeah, like, yeah. no, 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 you don't get like there, there was something about like if I if I just said, <laughs> "Get me this." It sounds rude to an English person, but genuinely, yeah. the exchange between me and the Indian waiter, it, yeah. was, it was just See, like a... I'm the guy who, who is ignored for about half an hour while he's waving his hands around. You've got a polite face, though. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm just yeah. polite when face. I'm looking to pay the bill, it will take... I'll have to basically start... Yeah, feeding that in about 40 minutes yeah. before I want to leave. Tend to walk out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm, exactly. I'm going now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have to go to a Turkish restaurant with a Turkish guy. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's the way it is. And I feel that it's a lot, it's the same throughout a few cultures. It's like if you took me to an Indian restaurant and you were like, oh, there's this secret off the menu thing, I'm yeah. never going to fucking know about that, bro. Yeah. yeah. Or like if I say to you, you get a lamb wrap, but you have to get parsley, onion, tomato, yeah, yeah, and chili. Yeah. yeah. You're not going to know that unless I've bought you the inside of it. If I took you right? to a little chef, for example. <laughs> you took me to KFC. If you took me to a bread, you'd say. That's really interesting. But that's really interesting. But there has to I guess for you to be like almost initiated and accepted by that culture, yeah. you have to show that you're involved in that culture, whether that yeah. be through a friend or through yeah. your other half. And Turks are very much like that. Now, if we, I know you guys got freebies, but if we went to this restaurant together and I walked in and I was polite and I said hello and they saw me and they recognised me, it'd be like, oh, don't get a takeaway, sit down. That we'll make really, it hot yeah. fresh, we'll do this for you. We'll give you tea at the end of your meal. There's like a, a level of like Turkish hospitality, right? Interesting. But Turks are also the worst at <clears throat> thinking that they're the best at everything and that, <laughs> that the world revolves around Turkey. And well, it did <laughs> used to about 400 years ago. Yeah, but... <laughs> It's got to stop at some point, do you know what I mean? You can't yeah. just be yeah. arrogant the entire time. It's a cultural thing. So, um, let's, try, let's try the di last dish then. So this is um, Donna kebab in... Uh, well, you, you tell us what we're having here. Uh, so this is Donna wrap. Yeah. With just tomatoes, parsley and onion. Um, mm. I'd say squash a little lemon into the top. 
So you just have it, okay, interesting, so it's just a salad then. Mm. And why is that? Just taste the meat more? You think it's fresher or? I just feel like things like red cabbage, yeah. white cabbage and cucumber just add a, a moisture. Mm. And you end up with like that wateriness in the bottom of your wrap. Yeah, that it makes it fall apart quicker. Mm. And you kind of just want, you want, when the, the donna's this good, you want to be able to taste the meat. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think like those flavours complement the meat more than a watery salad. It's really, really nice. Mm. There's an overlap with the lachmachan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the acidity of the lemon just peppering, just going, punching through the meat. It's really, really nice. Um, so this is obviously, this is a great takeaway. Um, do you, are there, I mean, have you ever had takeaway disasters in your past or are there, or are there sort of things that annoy you or frustrate you about takeaways? That... Um, just that <laughs> certain delivery apps <laughs> always <laughs> seem to get um, orders wrong. It's always normally McDonald's as well. McDonald's are Last really day. bad at like getting anything right. Yeah, yeah. Never try and get the right dips from McDonald's as well. That will be you're never going to get anything. They like should it. just call it Lucky Dip. You pay twenty p. <laughs> <laughs> you pay twenty p. And they give you whatever the fuck they give you. Do you know what I mean? Enjoy. <laughs> um, I really, really dislike bad Chinese. Yeah. Mm. Um, I kind of feel like you know when you get Chinese and it slips out of the container in its same shape. And it's a block. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, a yeah. block oh. of chow mein. Like you could build a house with it yeah, if you've got yeah, enough yeah. of it. Yeah. What is that? It feels like there's a sort of laziness around it. Maybe it's, it's assuming that sort of people here don't know enough about Chinese food. People are quite lazy with the way they'll... I, I don't know. I think... That, see, the, the way I judge places is the demographic and the clientele. Mm. Yeah? Mm. So if you take me to an Indian restaurant, I'm expecting to see Indian families. If I take you to a Turkish restaurant, I expect to see Turks. Chinese takeaways doesn't like doesn't Old really happen. Old white guys smoking cigarettes. Of course, like if we went to if we went to Four Seasons together, mm. there's groups of Chinese families. Yeah. For me, I know I'm in a decent place. But like the the little corner shop wood green Chinese top walk, yeah. nah, bro. That's just like whoever the fuck wants like yeah, mystery. Yeah, yeah. Mystery it's so container true, food. That lump yeah. when it comes yeah, out as a man, lump. It, it's I so can't stand it. I also wish that they used the uh, New York style yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, cardboard boxes here. I love when you watch like Friends or something and yeah, they get those just, ones. Why do they always grew, just up watching, grew up watching Friends. If you go to your local Chinese wholesaler, you can buy them. And put, oh, really? Yeah, you can put the food in them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That feels a bit bleak. That feels like you're cheating. All social media. All social media. My local Chinese does this. What are your favourite chips from a takeaway? I don't get takeaway chips that often. I think we do, I do like McDonald's fries when they're fresh. Mm -hmm. If you get them in the, I do quite enjoy. But usually, if you're getting a takeaway chip, it's usually part of fish and chips. Usually, if I'm like, I wouldn't, I would never get a kebab and chips. I'd never get. I mean, I'm not really getting chips in any other type of food, except maybe a fish and chips. And even Burger, then, KFC, eat... McDonald's. Yeah, you've named three places I often get chips from. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was in my head, I was like, do I just do I, do I argue this back? Like, yeah. I just be like, no, I don't get chips so from there. so confident <laughs> So obviously not the case, I don't just concede quickly. You're going to think no, about right. for the week. You very quickly name three places that I regularly get chips from. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, let's and McDonald's let's, chips let's, let's is let's the best. Relate. So KFC, Burger King, McDonald's, let's give them a, a ranking. I think the best chip uh, McDonald's, you have them fresh. McDonald's, KFC, Burger King. Worst KFC, nah. middle Burger King. What? Worst KFC? Yeah, I think so. No, 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 McDonald's, KFC, Burger King. KFC has just gone like skin on. Have they? Yeah, fair play. Dip it in the gravy. You can dip it in the gravy. But the one that tops them all is Five Guys. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Five right. Guys Cajun. Yes, that is but good. Also, a Nando's Chinese Perry Perry chips. I've only ever been to Nando's once. What? Yeah, bro. No way. But I can make nice chicken, innit? What about salt and pepper chips from a Chinese? That's what I'm about to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. Salt and pepper Tops chips. It. Yeah, fuck although it. I eat a, a lot of chips soggy. Day, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Although they're a little bit soggy. Yeah. And they're the shittest caliber of chip. What they do to them with like the MSG, the Five Spice, chilies peppers, onions, legit.
yeah. Anything salt and pepper, I'm game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what right. the, the MSG. That's salt, the thing they hate. Salt and pepper squid. Yeah. Yeah. All day, every day. Oh, good. I suppose we can name salt and pepper anything, but that's just seasoning, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. So, so um, <laughs> we've learned a lot today. We've learned loads about your career in uh, food. We've learned incredible amounts about Turkish food. We've learned that Simran is 89% chip, but he doesn't know it. <laughs> um, we've had so much great food. Tom, what's been your favourite? Yes, I, okay, my favourite, I have to say, was, was probably the Iskender. It was just so rich and just had, I, I love that yoghurt on top, you just cut through it, it just, I, it was really, really yeah. nice. I thought it was all beautiful to perfectly nice. And also having the Donna like this, where it's, it sort of stripped back, really, mm. really works. I think you're right about that. We can overload it with like red cabbage yeah, and stuff like yeah. that, and it becomes too heavy. So I really like that. What about you, Simran? I mean, I completely agree with the Iskender. I think it was this secret ingredient that I didn't know existed until Has told me about it, which is the brown butter. Yeah. That is absolute killer. Mm. And then, of course, the uh, lahamashin. Lahmajun. 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 Turkish pizza. Lahmajun, Turkish pizza. That was great. I mean, it was, it was honestly, that, that was the best Turkish food I've had in such a long time. And just to and remind people where it was again. It's, uh, uh, Antepli led on green lanes in Haringey. Well, uh, because this has been genuinely a pleasure. You are... Um, a joy to speak to and I would say genuinely inspiring I really I think yeah. it's amazing oh, yeah, I, I mean completely that, agree uh, to um, just as your love of food and the fact you've just followed a career and done something you care so much about is really just wonderful uh, so thank you very much for giving no, so much of your time me, it's been a genuine man. joy and thank you for this lethal anesthesia yeah, well, 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 when second, I wake up in the morning I have to look after my five year old <laughs> like three year old at five in the morning and I regret okay. but it's awesome cheers, cheers, cheers. boys thank, thank you, you. So that was the fantastic Big Hass there. Um, what a fascinating bloke. Just brilliant. Such an amazing person to talk to. Lovely to chat to someone who has that sort of proper, just love of food. Yeah. Adore chatting to him. What, so what an absolute good. legend. Um, thank you once again for joining us on My Favourite Takeaway. Um, before we go, I just want to say your support means so much. The message you send us mean a great deal. Um, and if you're enjoying the show, uh, we would love it if you take the time to leave us a review uh, and to subscribe to the show and to sort of spread the word and tell your friends uh, that you're enjoying it because um, we'd love people to listen. We want to get as many people on board as possible because we've got so many great people coming up in the future. So leave us a review, subscribe, like, and share. I was just going to say, great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. This moment when you said leave, leave a review, uh, I, I felt like I was going to say, if you could leave a five-star review, that'd be great. But then I, 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 uh, I sounded like an Uber driver <laughs> asking his passenger to leave a five-star review. Which you never do, you never get the five-star review. But do 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 spread the word, and uh, also do keep sending us your amazing emails about your sort of weird takeaway things to hello my favorite takeaway podcast um next week who do we have sim next week we have uh the incredible and very popular comedian phil wang fresh off the back of a netflix special and uh, we're in his flat and we're eating some amazing malaysian food and phil has like the most incredible knowledge of malaysian food and uh it was such a uh, privilege i would say to eat with him uh and we and we really hope you enjoy it it was great fun we'll see you next week Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 